I hope you all had a good Christmas. I, I brought my, my main gift here is my new computer bag. It's more streamlined and modern. My own was kind of old and old-fashioned, and I got a new one not because my kids didn't, thought I was old-fashioned, though they do. Um, it's because I kind of took my old one through the ringer. I just want to tell you that what happened is we, Wednesday night, about two Wednesdays ago, we had our small group, and, and I went out, and I had my computer, ba- computer bag, and Brenda hadn't unlocked the, the car, and so I put it by the wheel well, the back wheel well there, and I forgot about it. And we had about eight to ten inches of snow, and, uh, and so we were like, had been going through the snow, plowing through the snow, and uh, <clears throat> so I backed up. And I felt this like dragging underneath. You know, we have one of those low riding, it's a Toyota, so snow gets caught up into the wheel well, the front wheel well, and it's kind of, sometimes you have to knock it out. And so Brenda says, wow, we got a lot of snow in our wheel well. And uh, I'm back and it's kind of hear this noise and we're thinking it's ice in the wheel well. So we get up on the road and we're on Tate, we go into Selden and there's this <laughs> and I turn the corner and <laughs> all the way down, and Brenda says, you better turn off, we need to kick the ice out behind the wheel wheels. And so we turned off into right over here at Northgate Lane, and uh, both of us got outside, and we kicked the snow behind the tire, and, and got back in the car, and went to go, and, huh, what was that? She said, it must have been ice you kicked off. And we went on down the road. And uh, about five minutes later, I get a phone call, my son, Clay had just picked up our grandson kids, and they, they were going out here, and he comes up on this black thing in the road. He said, my first instinct was to run over it. And he said, uh, he said, I decided, no, it looks like it might be something. So he stops, and Emma jumps out and picks it up, and there's this bag, computer bag, filled with snow, pretty messed up. And, uh, and uh, so they called me and said, Dad, did you, what'd you do with your computer case? I think you put it on top of your car or something. I said, no, I didn't, but I did leave it on the ground there. And he said, well, I think we have it, so turn back. Anyway, my computer still works. <laughs> Jesus loves me even when I'm stupid. That's the good news. Even when you're stupid, Jesus still loves you. That's the word for today, for 2024. And, and out of all that, I got a new, modern, streamlined computer bed. Thank you, Jeff and Heidi. <clears throat> okay. On Friday, I was listening to Dutch Chiefs and give him 15. He finished his little talk, and he said, he made the statement, he said, 2024 is going to be our best year ever. Hmm, that's a lot of confidence right there. And then Ed Savoso sent out an email this morning. Actually, I quickly run through my emails, and, and, and he said the same thing. He says, 2024 is going to be an awesome year. And I said, I want to sign up for that, but why do you say that, right? Anybody here, like, why do you say that, you know? And I, I want to come to you and say that is there something that you and I could be doing to make 2024 an amazing year no matter what happens out there? That's the question I have. Can 2024 be an amazing year for you no matter what happens in the Middle East? No matter what happens with inflation? No matter what happens with economy? No matter what happens in the 2024 election? Could you have an amazing year not dependent on any of that? I think you can. And that's what I want to invite you into. It's interesting in the scriptures, there's, we're going to call the, the uh, prayer and fasting time the pursuit. Out of James chapter 4, he says, draw near to God and he will what? Draw near to you. And throughout the scriptures, ever since Jesus says it is finished and he gave up his spirit. And the veil was torn from heaven's perspective, from top to bottom. And the door becomes open. Now the ball is in your court. And my court is how close are you going to get to God? And all throughout the scriptures, the invitation is to get close to God. The Hebrew author says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you might receive mercy and help in your time of need. We know Jesus himself when he was on the earth. He says, come unto me, 
all you are weary and heavy laden. And he taught, don't worry about what you wear or what you eat. He says, seek ye first, what? The kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Throughout the scriptures in in, uh, Romans, no, it's not Romans, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he, he defines, he says, you cannot please God apart from faith. And then he defines faith, right? He who comes to God, he who comes to God, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that is a rewarder of those who seek him. So the invitation that's on our hearts really is that as a church family, corporately, we are drawing close to God at the beginning of this year in January, going through the door of the nearness, asking for the nearness of God. David said, the nearness of God is my greatest good. And so these 21 days we're inviting you into a prayer and fasting. Uh, we're going to talk more about that, but there's three targets that we have. The first one is to awaken our love for Christ. The second one is that we would be filled with his Holy Spirit, that we may walk in purity and power. The third thing is to use us to, to reveal the gospel of Christ and the Father's love to a lost and broken world. I like what Jason says. We're going after the person, his power for his purposes. And so that's what we're going to do in January, um, starting at the 7th. And you know, I'll talk more about specific, specifics of that. I, I just kind of feel like I'm supposed to share a little bit of my heart and where I'm at in the things um, of this hour and over the church. One of the things that I mentioned last hour I, I don't talk about very often, but it's something that motivates me, is that there'll be a day when I give an account for your souls. As the shepherd, as the senior pastor of this church, I'm responsible for how I lead you. I'm responsible for how I shepherd you. I'm responsible for my example before you. And that's not a weighty thing for me, but it is a sobering thing for me. So when I think about helping you be prepared for 2024, this is what's on my heart is that, that you have such a nearness with the Lord that no matter what happens in the natural, you are well with your soul. Amen. You are well with your soul. I've been motivated a lot last two years about the revelation of, of heaven and how much the apostles were motivated by that day that they were going to be reunited with Christ in person. If you go through the scriptures, you see it again and again and again, that they, they did everything that they were doing on the earth with this in mind. I'll be with him. He's coming back. And this is really something I don't think in the Western world in America has been a huge motivation. Like when we talk about the return of the Lord, oftentimes like we're on an escape route, right? Rather than I'm being reunited with the lover of my soul. In 1 Peter, he actually talks about this, that we greatly rejoice in the reality of heaven set aside for us and the return of the Lord. And he says, we've been born again to a living hope. And the hope is to be with him for eternity, right? But I want, to look, I want you to look at how he goes on to talk about the potential of our relationship with the Lord in verse 8. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with a joy that's inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. My, my belief is the Lord wants to recaptivate us with his love. We had uh, two uh, ladies this morning that were in the first service, and both of their husbands went to be with the Lord this week. And I was just talking with one of them and, and Richard Red has been suffering with cancer for quite a while. And uh, we were just talking about this, this con- reconvening with his savior face to face and what that's going to be like. And it's interesting in the scriptures I mentioned a couple of weeks ago where it says the, the Lord takes pleasure in the death of the righteous. Why? Because he's going to see us face to face. And all of a sudden, all of the dreams of being loved 
and being free and being filled with peace and being filled with joy is going to come into reality when we see our Savior Jesus face to face. And I'm, I'm aware that when we get locked up into the things of the earth being our number one hope and our number one goal, and when things get crazy, like we lose our peace. When inflation keeps going up, we lose our joy. And is there a place in God that it doesn't matter what happens in the natural? Not that that doesn't affect us. It does affect us. But our soul stays anchored in the person and relationship with expectation that someday we're going to see him face to face. I love what Paul says in Titus chapter 2. He says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. This is something I think is supposed to be crucial to our heart's motivation is that the fear of the Lord comes because we're looking forward to seeing him face to face and we want our lives to count. And we're looking forward to the love that we're going to experience. I shared last year, we began 2023, how the Lord just really brought me to a place of repentance because in my quiet time, though I journaled, though I was in the scriptures, he just pointed out to me that I was very distracted with news reports and things going on in the world and that my mind and my heart weren't really gazing at him. And he took me through a place of repentance. And I shared with you last year, it's been a, a stabilizing force for me in Psalm 62, 5, where David says, my soul waits in silence for God only. Let me just ask that question. Like, how, how are you stewarding your soul? David says, do this. My soul waits in silence for God only. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock, my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. Can you say that out loud? I will not be shaken. No matter what happens in the natural, my soul is anchored on the rock. He says in 1 Peter 1.13, he says, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus. There uh, was a conversation we had at VPPN. Kathy might even ask the question. I can't remember, but she was there. Uh, several pastors, we were talking about Revelations 19, where it says, and the bride has made herself ready. Like the church is the bride of Christ. Everybody knows that, guys. If you're having a hard time with that, just get over it. The, the ladies have been having to deal with being sons of God for a long time. So we are the bride of Christ. And the scripture says, and the bride has made herself. I get to do lots of weddings. I love weddings. And there's a moment in the wedding where the man, the groom, and the bride fix eyes on each other, usually about halfway up the aisle. And there's this, if you've got a camera, you want to capture that. Because there's this aha moment like, my lover is coming up the aisle for, to be with me. My lover is waiting for me at the front of the aisle. This, this reality that we're going to be in the marriage feast of the Lamb, and that is going to motivate the church in these last days to make ourselves ready, that we're preparing for that day, that we're walking in fresh purity, we're walking in fresh power, we're walking in the fresh reality of the purposes of God. We're not wasting our time, for these days are evil, but we actually are tuning in to the voice of the, of the Lord and following Him. As we talk about the whole idea of the Lord's return, um, I find it interesting that in, in Matthew chapter 25, after he talks about what the days are going to be like before his return, and I'm, I'm not saying that the Lord's coming back in 2024. Please, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we're supposed to be ready every day of our life. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds, right? 
So this, this thing that's going on inside of us, like we're going to see him face to face and we want to be in that place like we want his presence so much. And it's something the Lord said after he said, and there will be wars and rumors of wars. And then he said, the kingdom of God is like 10 virgins, right? And five have been close and intimate with the Lord and they have lots of oil in their lamps. And five have been foolish, wasting their time and not intimate with the Lord. And they didn't have enough oil. You guys remember the story, right? And it was like the interesting thing. If you look at it, I'm just going to read one verse of it. Verse 6. Now, while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. This is, I think, characteristic of the church in America. As a whole. I think the church in America is sleeping when they need to be awake. One of the main admonitions of the Lord was be alert, be ready. It's interesting that all 10 of these virgins are sleeping. Why? Because he hasn't come back yet. And it's my concern that we're sleeping through maybe one of the most important days of our lives to be working for the Lord, to be serving the Lord, to be revealing the Lord. And spiritually, we're sleeping. He said, and they were drowsy, began to sleep. But at midnight, there was a shout. Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And so we have this, this thing that Jesus says, this is going to be characteristic of, of the church when I return. Will I find faith on the earth? Will my church be ready? Will my bride have made herself ready? Revelation says we will have. How many of you know Jesus come back for a glorious bride? A glorious bride, not a bride that's wasting their days, but a glorious bride who's alert, ready, and engaged. And then we have this, this prayer or this fasting, this word on fasting, Matthew 9, 14. Then the disciples of John came to him asking, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but you disciples do not? And Jesus answered and said to them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. That's our day. When Jesus ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father, that was the bridegroom leaving. And then the fasting relationship that the church has is supposed to be ongoing, a fasted lifestyle. In fact, when Jesus was teaching Matthew chapter 6, he said, there's three things you'll be doing. I want to make sure your heart is postured correctly in these three activities. Number one, when you pray, and then he gave the posture of the heart. When you give alms, and then he gave the posture of the heart. And when you fast, and he doesn't say if you fast. He says, when you fast. And this fasting is motivated by longing to be with God. Like, I... I, I've tasted the goodness of the Lord and I want to be close. I need the nearness of God. And the things of earth grow strangely dim as I put my eyes on Jesus. And this, this is the call of the church. This is what we're asking for you to consider. John Piper has this quote that I, I find it spurs me on. He says, do you have a hunger for God? If we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It's because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Our soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for the great. Leonard Ravenhill has so many good quotes, but this one that I think speaks to my heart and I trust being in America right now speaks to yours. He says, entertainment is the devil's substitute for true joy. Entertainment is the devil's substitute for true joy. And so, <clears throat> as I said earlier, as we transition from 2023, we close the door on 2023, and we step into 2024, it's, it's my desire for me and my desire for you that you are positioned for the presence of God, that you're leaning in and being recaptivated by Jesus, recaptivated by his love for you 
that is personal. It's not, a, it's not a theology. It's not a religious thing. It's like a personal connection with your Savior and Lord. And so we're going to take a minute. We're going to do a panel. Uh, we've been praying about this. We're going to talk more about this. We actually have two more things happening this morning um, around a panel. So if you guys can come up. Welcome Jason and Mariah and Tanner. Would you do that for me? Yes. There's one mic there. I think there's a couple more up there. Hello. I get a coffee today during this time because I have a toddler who decided 3 a.m. was her jam. So here we go. It's okay. Holy Spirit likes coffee. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, hey, so I get to ask the questions. I didn't bring my questions. Oh, you guys. You have it? I'll borrow yours. She has my questions. Um, so how many of you have done a 21-day fast before, out of curiosity? I will not ask how many have finished it. We won't. But good job. I've started that cabbage soup diet like a hundred times. <clears throat> I think I've only gotten to three, day three. But a fast is not a diet. But anyways. Hey, okay. We laughed a little. Now we're going to get serious again. What? Thank you. I typed this up, you know. <laughs> um, so we've been praying about January and just what the Lord would lead us into. And Dad had it on his heart that it would be a, a month we push into prayer as a church family, like he said. And that's a good place to start the year, yeah? And um, so as we, as we prayed, Dad felt a, a call to call us into a fast, and, but really just a time to lean into the Lord. Um, and so, yeah, Dad, I know we've done lots of different kinds of... Oh, thank you. Why, thank you. Thank you, Derek. Uh, I know we've done lots of different kinds of fasts and um, uh, calls to seek the Lord, and, but I, I was moved by your call for this one that you really felt the Lord saying, come push in to know me and to have a relationship with me, which is why it's called the pursuit. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're feeling? Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I've been praying for the nation, uh, asking for God to bring a, an awakening. Anybody been praying for a great awakening over America? And I've uh, been praying, of course, for Israel, Middle East, and been praying over our planet and the things that are going on. There's a lot of stuff going on, but I, but I, only, I really can only control one person's awakening, and that's mine. And... and I can pray for the nation. I pray for the nation to be saved. But I want to be my own heart to be awakened to the reality of Jesus and his love. And I want us to be a family who has a heart awakened to Christ Jesus. Because um, really that's what we need more than anything else. I would like to see other things happen. But I wanted us to know the presence of God. Yeah. Um, that I have one, another for you. Um, you're known for hunger, like for being someone that hungers after the Lord. I would say, as your son and someone who's ran with you now with the kingdom for a while, that one of the main gifts you bring to the body is your consistent place of hunger before the Lord. Um, and so how do, you, how do you keep that, that fire? How do you keep that hunger? Well... You know, I'm 65, so I've lived a few years, and through the years, I've learned pretty early on. Um, I lived as an unbeliever for 21 years, so I experienced the world, and I found out the world does not leave you satisfied. And then I experienced the Lord, and I found out, wow, there's satisfaction in the presence of God. And and so. I wean in and out of the closest nearness of God, probably just like any of you. Times when I'm really close, times when I'm not as close. When I'm not as close, I'm just not as satisfied with life. And that's what causes me to hunger for him. Mm, so good. 
So one of the thoughts as um, Mariah, Dad, and I were praying about January and what the Lord was inviting us into, one of the things that came up is that we, we all had been thinking about this idea of being a bride and getting yourself ready. Um, and so I just wonder if any of you would want to share something about what that means to you and thinking towards January to what, what does it mean to be a bride who's, who's getting herself ready, looking for the return? I think I already shared what I was sure about that. Yeah, I know. I think it's Mariah Jason's turn. Yeah, I think that there's just um, the cry of my heart for the church, for us as a whole, is to, I mean, just the same things that Pastor Jonas has been saying, is to come back to the simplicity of loving God again. And I think, like, you know, as we know, we look around at our culture and we understand that there's so many things that are fighting for our attention, so many beautiful things, so many dark things, so many, just a lot of stuff is around. And I think um, when I think of a bride longing for her bridegroom, there's this, there's just like what Dennis was saying, there's just this hunger to be close and to be near. And I, I feel like I'm just repeating my, or, you know, what's already been said but we cannot do this without the Lord. Yeah. We cannot do life without the Lord. We cannot do ministry without the Lord. We cannot do the things that we're, that we're wanting to see in our hearts accomplished without Jesus. And so it, we don't go to him so that we can do those things. We go to him because we love him. And I think that is the main yeah. purpose of the fast is calling us into a place of wonder and, and looking at the beauty of Jesus again. That's so good. I love the picture of a bride because the bride got proposed to by a groom, you know. She's just saying yes. The getting ready is just saying yes. <clears throat> I had a dream um, in the last couple of years, and I was thinking about it on the way to a meeting we had getting ready for January, um, which felt like the Lord. But I had a dream of Jesus came to me in the dream as the, as the bridegroom, and he said he was so excited. He said... I'm getting ready for the wedding and he was talking about the wedding and just I, I could still feel his joy when I woke up coming out of his eyes talking about the wedding and in the dream I was like okay I'm gonna bring this food and we're gonna da 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 and I was so excited and and um and then I I went to a, a prayer meeting and I missed the wedding and I got there at the reception and um and he came up and he hugged me and and walked away, and the, the, his mom, which I believe represented the Holy Spirit, came up to me. I think it's a dream for all of us, so that's what I'm sharing. His mom came up to me, the Holy Spirit came up and said, he wanted to share his joy with you. He wanted to share his joy with you. And, um, and I woke up and realized that we can do a lot of really good things, and we can do a lot of really spiritual things, um, but it's all about walking with the bridegroom. It's all about um, staying close. Yeah. And, and, and the call really is to share in his joy. So anyways, feel like that's for this time. Jason. Hello, friend. Um, you are an intercessor, friend of the Lord. You live your life like you just have a life that inspires me with God. Um, can you give us some tips for fasting, some thoughts around fasting? Sure. Okay. Um, first of all, I want to, as a general encouragement, maybe just uh, remind you, remind us what, what fasting isn't. It's not a hunger strike. Anybody ever try doing one of those? It doesn't work a whole lot. And actually, hunger strikes typically are designed for me to get my way, where actually fasting positions, positions us for him to get his way, right? So keep that in mind. And we're also, we're not earning anything from God right. by fasting. You know what I mean? By, you know, we're going to skip some meals for a few weeks and pray a little bit. Surely he'll see how sincere we are or that and it, it doesn't work that way either. And so like we're, we're not earning anything. We are positioning ourselves. Like Dennis said earlier, this really is about longing. And when I think about fasting, there's surely there's an element of, uh, abstaining from food, but I think about fasting in terms of feasting. Like good. I'm, I'm, I'm trading what it is that I'm actually nourishing myself in in the natural for actually greater revelation of him in the spirit. And there's something that happens in that place of exchange. I think the other thing it does too is we empty ourselves in the natural for a greater filling of the supernatural, of his presence in the spirit. I can tell you guys from my own life that when... I'm coasting spiritually. I'm finding myself indulging 
Uh, full disclosure, I'm the ice cream monster in the house. So if the kids ever kind of open it and look, they're like, Dad. Right? They make those cartons smaller than they used to. Yeah, I mean, some, something needs to be done. Somebody needs to write a letter or something about them. Huh. Reese's peanut butter cups got smaller too. Huh. So it's true. I, I find that what fasting does what fasting does is it declares war on anything that dulls my hunger to the spirit of God. That's good. Like when I find that my my spiritual edge and my fervor and my zeal is dull, fasting does something that nothing else can. It resharpens our edge for the purposes and, and power of God. And really is really ultimately about yielding. I'm yielding myself. You know, prayer takes us to that place where it's like all sufficiency transfers to God. And so that's the encouragement. And for these couple of weeks, stay in a place of the word. Have you ever, anybody ever try to fast without a specific prayer focus or focus in the word and find yourself, uh, I found myself starving myself after three or four days and actually just stopped. I'm like, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? So be in the word, resources will come for that. Be in a place of prayer, set specific times that's really helpful, like certain times of the day, those are gonna be available also. And come Bible open, mouth closed. That's a good place to start approaching prayer. The Lord told Mariah this in the prayer room a while ago. She went to, she went to prayer meeting, you know, prayer time and was bringing her things before the Lord in prayer. And the Lord stopped her and said, before you try to move me, why don't you let me move you? And that's been like food for me. I'm like, okay, I think I'm gonna start right there. You know, Jesus said, you have, he goes, I have food to eat that you don't know anything about. And I'm, I've been fascinated by that statement. Like, well, what are you eating? What are you, what are you nourishing yourself on, Jesus? Like the will and purposes of God. So I believe this is that type of time of, of consecration, slowing down to the presence, the purposes and power of Jesus. Amen. It's good. Yeah. So one of the things we're going to have is a sign up. You probably got a card with your bulletin if you did. And um, we actually have a slide. Oh, there it is um, on the screen that you can sign up to get some emails. Dad, want to talk about um, as we were praying again, several of us felt like it'd be good to spend some time in the, um, in the Psalms. And just um, Psalms are a great road in to connection and to the Lord's presence. So yeah, I, th I feel what I personally am to do a Daniel fast. Most of us are working. We can't go on a water fast and still work very well, efficiently. If the Lord's calling to you to that, great. But I, I'm going to do a Daniel fast, which means I can't eat any bacon. <laughs> or beef or dairy products or some other things. So um, a Daniel fast is a way to stay working, but, but actually giving up some things that you really enjoy to say, tell to Jesus, I want you more than I want these things. And, uh, and it attracts the voice of God. It, it makes you sensitive to the spirit. What is what fasting does? Like it, it dulls your flesh and tells your flesh to shut up and sit down. And your spirit comes more and more alive. And so that you can hear the voice of God. Uh, we, we look at this opportunity actually to disciple you um, because we're going to be sending out a scripture for you to consider and then a way, um, application way for you to have fellowship with God. I, what I have found in the last few years of talking with people are there are a lot of people who love Jesus who don't fellowship with him. They're not in his word. They're not still. They're not quiet. And we want to use this time to actually... For those of you who need to just be discipled, and how do I fellowship with God? Uh, we're going to send out a scripture daily. We're actually going to go through three psalms over the three weeks and give you an opportunity to, we're going to dive in on a couple verses, and we're going to let the Spirit of God nourish our spirit man on those scriptures. And, uh, and all we're doing is we're drawing near. We're just drawing near to know the Lord. And so if you want to sign up, please do. Um, we'll send out resources. Even if you're not sure yet what you're going to do yet, sign up so we can send out the resources to you. What is a Daniel fast? How you can uh, participate in that? Um, and, and please sign up. We got on uh, clipboards was the word I was looking for first. And clipboards in the back, you can sign up there as well as sign up through the uh, code there. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we want to invite you again to our Thursday nights in the EC, 6.30 to 8 p.m. We'll have um, gatherings for worship and prayer just to draw near. And then the last weekend of the month, we have something we haven't done for a couple years. I think a few years. 22, okay. Years. An encounter weekend. Who's been to an encounter weekend at Northgate? It's been a bit, yeah. They're awesome. Basically, we come together to seek the Lord, and he always meets us in, in extravagant ways. So um, they're a big part of our history. So that's going to be the 26th and 27th. We'll have 6 p.m. night um, times meetings, and then at 10 a.m. All right, and we will have child care available, so... Mariah, do you have anything else that the Lord's put on your heart just getting ready for this time? I do, but I also want to share just um, another, like, technical thing. If there's any um, youth, any of our youth that are wanting to enter into fasting, we really highly encourage you um, to connect with your parents. Um, that it, it, There just needs to be some safety and accountability with those sorts of things, okay? So um, I, I'm thinking back to one of the times that we fasted as a church. We did a 21-day fast. And um, we were just, we were bringing ourselves before the Lord. And, and out of that came Romans 15, 13. And out of that, the Lord had given me a dream. And in the dream, I was carrying my friend's baby. And um, her name is actually Wild Hope. And I was carrying Wild Hope for six months. And, um, and so I looked up Romans 15, and, I, and I, I felt like that was the word of the Lord. Like, hey, we are to be carriers of wild hope is what the Lord called it. And um, in Romans 15, 13, that was the scripture that we had tied to. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Can I tell you, we, we attuned our ear to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and we all know how 2020 went. That word, wild hope, anchored us. I know it anchored me. There was nothing that could move me off of that word because God said. And that year, despite everything that went down, we saw the Lord move in miraculous ways. And it was amazing. And he still wants to do the same thing. And so part of coming into a time of corporate prayer and fasting is positioning our hearts to hear what his heart is and to align with what he's saying and what he's doing in the earth. Amen? And so um, one of the other things that I just felt like, uh, you know, Pastor Dennis said this a little bit earlier, we can see that our culture and things around us seem to be getting darker. Um, I was trying to find, I mean, I guess darker is, is probably the word that we could use, but um, I was trying to find a less shocking word, but the two words that come to me that we're about to step into is 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 that the time is going to be both beautiful and terrifying. And we need a people that have a robust faith that is found in the presence of God. The presence of God is the marker of the church. It's what we're supposed to be marked with, that God, Emmanuel, we just celebrated Christmas, that God is with us. Amen? Amen. And so um, God's people, when we pray, are a victorious church, an overcoming church, an innovative church for their time, because they are formed by the presence and the beauty of God. And so I believe that as we go into 2024, we're not just doing 21 days of fasting um, at the head of the year, but we are walking through a door of opportunity saying, this is how we are going to be as a people. We are positioning our hearts to always stay postured before the presence of God. And and there was this guy that we had heard earlier uh, this year, and he said something. He goes, "I, I studied prayer not only in scripture, but I went to books. I, I even traveled abroad to, to study this deeply where other people in monasteries and different places have, you know, they've been and they've studied prayer. And he said, one thing that I have found, and I know for sure, that the Bible, that the scripture is utterly unfamiliar with casual prayer. And so when we go to the Lord, we go in faith believing that he is going to speak, that his goodness is going to awaken love in our hearts. Amen. 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 Well, I'm excited just to see what the Lord has for us. I know one thing I love about this church is um, every time there's a call to go after more of the Lord, a call to the altar, a call to surrender, this church responds um, easily and, and beautifully. So, so I'm excited to see what the Lord does. Yeah, um, so... 
just real quick, it's just important for you to meet with the Lord over this. Like I'm urging you, we're urging you to make this step of faith and steward your lives toward the Lord in a very tangible way. But hear from the Lord on it so that you know that the Lord is the one leading you. Yeah, okay, we're going to switch to the next panel. We're going to have a short panel on the prophetic today. Um, this is, th- can you guys thank Jason and welcome thank Lindsay? Lady. Thanks, Jason. Uh, so today, we're after the service, we're going to have prophetic ministry available for anyone who's interested in having some ministry. Um, first service was awesome. Loved it. Um, and we love the prophetic. We love the voice of the Lord. And uh, as we were leaning into this Sunday, Dad felt like it'd be really good to share what we believe as a, as a church about the prophetic, but also going into this month of pursuit, we want to hear the Lord. Amen? We want to hear the Lord. So we're going to talk about hearing the Lord to, um, personally and together. So this is Lindsay. If you don't know Lindsay Schramm, her and her husband have been here for about a year and a half. Um, but she's an incredible teacher and a, a, with an a incredible prophetic anointing and discerning, discerning of spirits. Not just she doesn't like discernment because that word isn't in the Bible. It's discerning of spirits. Um, but been she's there. been it's a huge not empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> she's been a huge gift to me in developing some of our altar ministry um, training and stuff. So, we're, so she's going to help us in this panel. Yeah. So, it, um, for, how many of you guys have taken the prophetic training that w- has been offered? Yeah, it, it's been really excellent. Tanner and Lindsay have done an amazing job. And so I'm just, I'm really excited for, you know, like how we steward the voice of God here in this house. So my first question is actually going to go to Pastor Dennis. Um, What's the connection, like as we're talking today, what's the connection between um, what we're talking about today and, and the prophetic? I think Tanner kind of already answered that, but. Well, the prophetic is actually leaning into the voice of God as a people um, I don't think there's anything more important for us, for us right now but to hear from the Lord. And uh, to be leaning in to hear, have a heart that's listening, learning how to listen um, is what will keep us. I think we're going to go into some pretty tumultuous times here in the near future. I, don't, I think there's a shaking coming. And there's been a shaking going on. I don't think it's done shaking. Um, but what we need is to be leaning in to hear the voice of God corporately and individual and to be a prophetic people helps that happen it's good how do we um define a prophetic word what's a prophetic word Uh, a prophetic word i would define it as it is receiving spiritual information and being empowered by the holy spirit to share it with another in love which means in christ in a way that strengthens, encourages, or comforts the receiver. That's good. Okay, so speaking of, use that word receiver, I want to ask this question. So, Lindsay and Tanner, I've heard you, um, I've heard you both say that in our culture, we want people to know that you're both a prophetic word giver and a powerful prophetic word receiver. Did I say that right? Um, Yeah, you're a powerful prophetic word giver. Yes. And powerful receiver. Yeah, what what does that mean? You can start. I'm just going to keep going. Okay. Um, We're talking about when when we do prophetic ministry, where we're intentional about it like we are going to be today, there's two different people being involved, and one of them is the person who's giving the prophetic word. They're the one who received the spiritual information and is sharing it. And that person is being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we do have some protocols in this house for safety, but we believe in relationships so big that we want them to be as powerful as the Holy Spirit is making them in that moment and as responsible as um, the word requires. And the filter for that is the person that givers faith. And on the other side of that is the powerful receiver. There are so many examples in scripture of prophetic words happening and the individual in scripture has to choose to partner with it. And that brings activation. 
and it brings power. And so we believe that there's a powerful receiver in that process. First Thessalonians 5 tells us not to quench the Holy Spirit and not to despise prophecy. And so that we don't do those things, we're to test every prophetic word and hold on to what is good. And as a prophetic receiver, you are called to test your prophetic words and hold on and partner actively with what is good in them. And that makes you a powerful receiver. Yeah, yeah. And so in the Old Testament, there was a man of God. Um, there was a prophet. The voice of the Lord was rare. The role of the prophet was to call the nation back to the law and back to walking with the Lord. In the New Testament, Jesus said that the um, least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, who was the greatest of all the prophets in the Old Covenant. Right? Jesus said the least in the kingdom is greater than the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us in a way that they didn't. The veil is torn. He's dwelling in us. And so then the word of God was rare. Now we all have the word dwelling in us. And you are actually your most powerful prophet in your life. I'm not saying everyone is a prophet. I'm just saying you are the most powerful prophetic word carrier for yourself. What does that mean? It means that, that the Holy Spirit wants to personally interact with you for your life. You're not waiting on another person. And so we are gifts to each other. We're gifts to each other in, in hearing the Lord together and hearing the Lord to each other. But the Holy Spirit will witness in you um, what's him and what isn't. And in your relationships, you, we test words too, right? The Lord, the Lord will witness in community too. So it's just, it's, the model has shifted, yeah? So... So it was to call people back to the law. Now the prophetic is to reveal the Father. Um, so it's good. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to I wanted to say when we taking their training that was probably a really valuable piece um, that I had received in taking the class um, because um, I've been around the prophetic for a long, long time and had never really heard the teaching of being a powerful receiver, and so and that the first step is not just to take a prophetic word and just like totally like just, okay, it's mine now. I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. But is to hold it, judge it, weigh it, discern it, even like discerning it with community and people around you that know, you know, what's on your life. And so, um, so just help not being like being whiplashed a little bit around and just being able to bring it before the Lord first. So, I mean, sometimes you put it before the Lord to say, if you want to talk more about this, do, I don't understand it. Sometimes you put it before the Lord and say, can we just flush that one? Because that wasn't you. Yes. Yeah. You can flush. Yeah? Flush. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> okay, this is, this is one of my favorite ones. It's a, it's a little technical one. Um, does the Bible say not to prophesy mates, dates, and babies? I'm going to take it this time. Okay. It doesn't. Uh, so if you've ever been around prophetic ministry, you may or may not have seen this uh, done. Sometimes it's done from a stage. Sometimes it's not. But when we're going into a time of prophetic ministry, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, we see it a lot of times in weddings. But truly, if you read the first part of that chapter, it's about using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which prophecy is one of them, and it's talked about in that chapter. And it's saying, hey, when you do these things, it should be loving, it should be patient, it should be kind. And it's really hard if you don't have a relationship with the person in front of you to say, hey, I know you've struggled with infertility and I see a baby coming in six months. And then walk away and, and know if that was kind or not. And so in this house, it's not in scripture that we don't do dates, mates, babies, but it is in scripture that our prophetic words are to be kind. They are to bear up other people in the midst of their life circumstance. And to do that, we have these additional protocols in times like this where we say, hey, for the reason outlined in scripture, we're not going to do dates, mates, super directional words. Yeah, because words like that take another level of judging and then another level of assessing in community. And so it's not kind to offer someone a word when you don't know how their paradigm for judging. 
um, and you don't know if they have a community to take that word to. So we like to create a safe space to grow in hearing the voice of the Lord together. And so that's why we say no dates, mates, or babies here. Also, I have questions about mates because that seems like it overrides free will, um, which doesn't seem healthy. And the babies thing can be really hard for people um, if you're wrong. And when Tavi and I were, were trying to have babies for seven years, we had um, really accurate prophets be wrong. And it was hard. So you just want to be careful when you're standing in front of someone saying, I'm speaking for the Lord. Um, That's so. also why we use permissional language. So yep. a lot of times in our culture, we're not going to say, thus said the Lord. We're going to say things like, I feel like the Lord's saying, or, or I'm seeing this picture and it looks like. You're going to hear much uh, more permissional language in the midst of our prophetic words because we want to empower you guys as receivers to choose to either partner or let go for the sake of kindness. Well, and I think probably some people in the room um, grew up in the prophetic model where there's a lot of correction in the prophetic. Um, now, we believe the Lord corrects us. I'll, yeah? <laughs> um, I think I'm just going to read this. What? Go ahead. We believe the Lord corrects us, um, but we, I know that the way the Lord corrects me, he doesn't traffic in shame. Um, he's kind. Uh, he's straight to the point, right? But he's, but he's kind. And, and can't, God, can't God correct with a loving word? I think he really easily can. So... So yeah, spirit of, of testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus came to reveal the Father. So the prophetic should reveal the Father. Tanner and the team wanted to just give an opportunity as we move into the new year for as many of you that want a prophetic word. Um, they're going to have a team up here to release prophetic words over you. And, uh, and so it's really a gift that's available for you if you want to receive it. I want to read from 1 Corinthians 14 and then pray. 1 Corinthians 14, the Apostle Paul says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For one, uh, and no one understands, for in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, for spurring on, and for comfort. And, uh, and so, really, the prophetic ministry is supposed to build up the body of Christ. And, uh, and so we're just exercising that gift here today. If you could stand together with me, we're going to bless the service and bless you. And then we'll, those that want to receive the gift of prophetic word can get one. Yeah, Lord, we just want to bless you and thank you that we can look forward to 2024 that we actually can make decisions daily to determine what our experience of 2024 looks like for us, even no matter what happens in the natural realm, just because you want us to be near you and you want to be near us. And I just pray this word that I received earlier, this supernatural courage over the body of Christ for 2024, Lord God, that we will not be a shaken people. We will be a people that have anchored our hearts in the hope of Christ Jesus. We're not shakable. We're full of peace. We're full of joy. And we're full of the gospel of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 Be blessed. If you want ministry, go ahead.